I am Lucas Mack, and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to the Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack. Thank you for joining. Today's episode is incredibly important for every single person to listen to and share. When we're done with this episode, it's it's serious content, and yet so important that we all listen and we all recognize the threats, um, the trauma, and the pain that so many live with every single day, but yet no one can really tell on the surface level. And then there's also those that inflict pain upon others. Um, And you're going to listen in this episode to Nathan Spiteri's really, really powerful story. He shares his journey of being a young boy who was raped by a predator uh, for many years, groomed, and just the devastation that that caused, but also the incredible resilience and healing story that he's been on. He wrote a book um, and he shares a story. It's very important. So brother Nathan, thank you so much for having the courage to come on, to share your story. And I know this is going to impact many people. Everyone here it is. Brother Nathan, thank you for coming on the show, man. I, I, uh, like I was telling you before we hit record, um, we briefly connected a couple of years ago and I don't even know if it was through what community it was, but, yeah. um, then we got reconnected and I'm really glad that it's worked out and honored to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm glad to be here. And, and I do remember us connecting a few years ago, but like you said, life gets in the way and, and I'm glad we get to do it now. Yeah. Same. So uh, people have listened to, to my story. I did a Ted talk, um, couple years ago called breaking the cycle of child abuse because in every category i experienced it as well i've shared my story and i think what you are doing to share honestly and courageously and vulnerably so that other people don't feel alone other men specifically don't feel alone but also it's bringing awareness from it's not only bringing awareness to this issue but it's i think giving people um tools of how to support others. And that is what's so important because I say in my TED talk, don't judge the behaviors of abused people. Because when you're abused as a child in any way, shape or form, it skews your own self-worth. And from that lack of self-worth acts, behaviors (laughs) acts out different things that people um, attribute to being a bad person or a messed up person when it's just a hurting person seeking some sort of validation. So I'm so happy, bro, that you're on the show. And thank you. Thank you. Of course, of course. And I, I, I totally agree with you that we need to start having the, the, the conversation and start educating people. And it's not just for people who have been through sexual abuse. It's for, for everyone, yeah. for mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters, people. I think we all know someone who's been through some kind of, of, of abuse and, and trauma. And, you know, it's all relative. It's all about how we deal with it and how we handle it. So 
for me to be able to come out here and, you know, it took me a long time to, to become so open and public about it, but I've done the work. I've done the work on myself now. So, mm. you know, I'm, I'm ready to get out there and, and, and start having these awkward conversations and these tough conversations with people who, who don't really understand. And like you said, just judge someone on their actions because of their, their past mm -hmm. instead of trying to understand their past right. and how they came to this point or how they come to this moment in, in their life. So, you know, anything we can do and anything we can, you know, people we can support, then, then the better it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Brother. Well, why don't you share back, back up and share where you're from and in, in life growing up that led to you in this present moment sharing. Sure. 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 Um, from Australia. Um, I was born in Australia. Uh, I grew up in Canberra or just a small little town outside of Canberra called Queenian. And Canberra is the capital city of Australia. Canberra is about a three-hour drive south of Sydney. So I grew up there, you know, I was an 80s baby where, you know, during the summer, our parents would just send us out and say, all right, don't come home until it's nighttime. Don't come home until it's dark because we grew up in a safe neighborhood. We grew up in a safe place. And one, I was eight years old. Me and my sister rode our bikes down to the, uh, the local swimming pool as we did all the time. So it was nothing crazy or strange. Um, we hung out with our friends and we, you know, we were there all day. My sister left early with her friends, which was fine. Cause I've, you know, done it on my own and, and rode my bike home plenty of times before that. I stayed to the very end. I went into the change rooms to get changed and have a, have a little shower. And a man followed me in there and, and raped me in the showers. Mm. Um, first words he said to me was that if I tell anyone, he'll kill me and kill my family. And as an eight year old in the eighties, when we don't have access to mobile phones and the internet and, and you know, the, the services and the stuff we have today, I took that as gospel. And my relationship, if I can call it that, with this man went on for about five years. Mm. Started very rough violence. Um, you know, he used to beat me up and throw me against the wall and choke me out and, you know, um, and, and I guess rape me if I can say that. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, through his grooming, through his manipulation, through his lies and him telling me that this is what I wanted, that my parents hate me, that my parents want me to be with him, that how special I was. And if I tell anyone, I'll go to jail and he'll be fine and never see me again and, and all that type stuff. I felt love for this man. I fell into a Stockholm syndrome type relationship with this man. And wanted to see him, wanted to go down to his house and be with him and, and wanted to spend time with him, even, knew, even though I knew what was going to happen, what was going to come to me. Um, he abandoned me after five years. And I say abandoned me because he just got up and left. He, was, he disappeared. So for the next two, three years, I was like, well, what am I? Who am I? Where the fuck do I belong? You know, am I gay? Am I straight? Am I special? He told me how special I was, how I was one of the lucky kids. Was I? Did my parents really hate me? And it was just a build up and build up of things to the point where I um, had already pushed my family away. I built that wall. I didn't trust anyone. I didn't want to be with anyone. It was just me on my own. I had to take care of myself and I had to survive. So from about 15 years, when I was about 15 years old, 
for a good while, for a, a good number of years, I would go to gay clubs and cruise lounges, pick up men, did what I did with them, but then I'd beat them up and bash them and rob them. And that was my fuck you to the world. That was my way of getting my power back. That was my way of feeling alive. Um, from there, I was introduced to, to, you know, drugs and alcohol and sex and, and addictions and fell into a deep depression. And, you know, so that was just a vicious cycle I was in still with, with, um, self-sabotage and shame and imposter syndrome and I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve anything. This is what I, I deserve and, and this is what I wanted and it's all my fault. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing some acting and some modeling in Australia. I got invited to come to the States to, to, to do some acting here and I went to school here thinking I could come here and escape my past, get away from it all. But you know, you come to New York City, it's the biggest, it's the best city in the world and it's got everything and it's access to everything and it's so much cheaper than everywhere else. So I fell back into it a lot harder. Um, you know, I, I started shooting heroin. I was, you know, starting doing some some bad things, hanging out with bad people. The violence was came back. The sex with random people came back and it was just, I didn't care. I didn't care anymore. I wanted to I wanted to get beaten up. I wanted to die. I wanted to catch A's. I wanted, I just wanted it to be done. Um, and then after about 27 years of going through this, I hadn't told a soul. I finally told my very, very best friend who was done with me, who didn't want anything to do with me anymore. So I remember it like it was yesterday. We went to a cafe in the West village and it was just after my birthday. It was my birthday's February 3rd. So it was just after my birthday. It was freezing cold and I looked like death warmed up. I was just, you know, skinny and pale and just in a bad, bad place. I walked in there and she had the middle table right in the middle of the restaurant or the cafe. We sat down and she's like, what do you want? I can't be your friend anymore. You're just, you know, you're too volatile. You're too up and down all over the place, drugs and the violence. She was going to get up to leave and I just blurted it out. And I said, I was raped as a kid. Um, and she sat back down and I just started crying and I just kind of didn't tell her everything, but I told her a lot of what was going on. Um, and I remember I was crying. I must've been speaking loud because all the tables around us had stopped what they were doing and were all just staring at us Mm. and listening. And it was like one of those holy fuck moments where it was like, wow. Um, but through that, she helped me get therapy through therapy. I did group therapy then. You know, I went to AA, Narcotics, Sex Anonymous, and, and just was in a program. I, I fell deep into therapy and, and group and, and really discovered who I was and what I went through and, and why it happened to me and just understanding my relationship with this man, with my family, with, with, with the addictions, with sex, with violence, with drugs, with, with everything that went on in my life. Um, to the point in 2018, I was back in Australia and a good friend of mine works for the Canberra Times, one of the national papers there. And she said, Nathan, can I please do an article about you? Mm. And I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck. You know, I don't know. Is it, you know, am I, am I ready for that? And then I thought, you know what? Sure, let's do this. Mm. So she wrote an article and I told my parents and mum was like, well, can you do it? But don't put your name or don't put a photo of you. And I spoke to my friend Bree. And Bree said, Nathan, I can't because if I do that, it's just going to be an anonymous made-up article. So, you know, if we add your name, if we add your picture, your photo, 
it's going to give it so much more more credit and so much more power because here's this you know young guy from canberra from queenbian who went through all this and is now living his dream in new york city and, and doing all that stuff so this article came out about me 2018 mid 2019 i got a book deal uh with an australian publishing house um to write my memoir and again i'm like holy fuck, i can't do this i don't know how to do this but then i sat did it and the book was released in australia mid last year Mm. and to great reviews and it's you know it's, it's very raw and powerful and real and I, I go into great detail about everything my relationship with this man my relationship with the addictions and the drugs my family sex women um and then you know now working with a bunch of charities and organizations and and for me it's it's one of those realizations in therapy was that what happened to me happened for a reason and the reason why it happened to me is to share my story, is to educate the world, is to save lives. Um, there are so, so many men and women in the world who have been through something like this or domestic violence or trauma, any kind of trauma, who will never have a voice, who will never find peace, never get closure. So if I'm able to help them, if I'm able to facilitate that and help them kind of find some peace, get some closure, move forward with their life, then touch wood, my job is done um so the book came out mid last year i'm here now in the states i live in new york and it's about getting the getting the the, the story out here and, and getting the book out here and, and working with people and organizations and really you know like we said starting that conversation making a difference and and let's not make this be such a taboo and difficult topic and situation let's let's really get out there and let's start having this conversation let's start talking about this So brother, first of all, your courageous soul. <laughs> no, I just why, I think that's what your soul is. You came to break you came you came for this. Like the the soul and SOLE and SOUL mission uh I think come one and the same. Your soul mission and your soul mission are the same thing for all of us and and to wake yeah. up. And I I understand everything you've just shared, the confusion. And I think confusion, one of the things I talk about in my TED talk for, for people who've gone through abuse is just the confusion. Yeah. There's so much confusion. And, and confusion, for those listening, it's not like, is it this or this? It's like this. It's a mishmash of everything. Everything. It's, it's everything. And, and all the time. And it's just, and then, the anger and the, the self-hatred, yeah. all that stuff, brother. Um, I guess a couple of questions that I want to ask just for people listening. Um, this guy, did you, did you, was he charming? Was he, pro do you presume that he probably was a well-liked person in public? Like looking. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he was. And you know, obviously it happened when I was eight years old. I'm now 44. So it was a long time ago. And, and mm -hmm. I, 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 I see his image and I remember his image. So he was just a regular, normal looking Joe who you just walk past the street. And you would never fucking mm -hmm. think, think anything different. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure he was. And, and, um, I've recently discovered that he's dead. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, he was just, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, I presumed he was just a regular guy. Like it, it, it was at the point where 
we as school kids would catch the bus downtown to the main bus depot in 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 town i think you call it a bus depot here i don't know yeah, yeah. Uh, to the, where, yeah. where all the kids would go to jump on another bus to go to school so we would do that in the morning and in the afternoon in the afternoon and i, I spoke to my very best friend about this and this guy would just come to the bus depot and pick me up in the afternoon and walk away with me with his arm around me and my best friend thought you know when we were kids he was he was just a family member he was someone just coming to pick me up to take me home so he knew where I was going to be. He knew what the situation was. And he would just um, just walk up like any other guy, put his arm around me and say, let's go. And, and that's kind of how it was for a little bit as well. And, and everyone just thought it was normal. So, yeah, I guess he was a likable guy. He was just a normal looking dude. And, and yeah. no one thought any, any different. And most of them are. Right. That's why I bring this up. And that's why I'm so glad. Because people, media, Hollywood has created this image of someone who abuses children or rapes children is some gnarly looking figure yeah. monster that ha no these are charming these are maybe yes average blend in but this doesn't what we have to break is the image of who these people look like and yeah. the reality is they look like us yeah, absolutely. And they're probably very well liked and charmed. I, I grew up um, hearing, oh, you're so lucky to be the son of, you're so lucky, oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, yeah, you have no, you have no idea. Yeah. No one has an idea. So I think this is such an important point for people listening because I even, I, I'm sure you can pick up on energy now where you can see someone i was at gymnastics last time with my daughter and there was someone there and i'm like shouldn't be <laughs> absolutely here. Shouldn't absolutely be here. shouldn't be here yeah so, i'm i'm very aware of people and their yeah. actions and and with my ex-girlfriend um she would talk about some people and i'm like they're not a good person they're, yep. they're not a good person and and she always thought they were until later their true colors came out and she's yeah. like wow holy fuck how could you tell yeah i'm like you just you i think people like you and i who have been through something like we have a sixth yeah. sense we just yes. you, you know it you can tell it you can smell it you can feel yes. it you can it's nuanced breathe it yes nuanced. yeah it's yes. like i always say like um so i'm a creative director i had an ad agency and i'm a creative director so i'm really good at it's not what someone's saying. I actually don't care what someone's saying. It's what they're saying when they're not, you know, it's the, I, I used to say, I'm like a deer. I, I'm no longer like this, thank God. But I was like a deer in the woods with like, I hear, a, you know, oh, a yeah, leaf falling around. And it's the... like, what was that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, no, something, yeah. something's weird. Something's off. We have to, and I used to be in overdrive anxiety all the time. Some, you know, like I'm going to get hurt. Something's going to happen. Like, <laughs> you know, watch out. But that gifting, when we're through it and we can say, and I think people need to listen to my buddy was a Navy SEAL for 10 years. And he said, uh, majority of rapes for women happen when they second guess themselves. They, they did this huge study and he helps people heal. But when we all have that, uh, something's off when you see a person, but then we override it and say, Oh, I'm just, I'm overreacting. Yeah. Yeah. But that we, you and I have learned to say, no, that is everything. That like sensory knowing, the six yeah. senses you said, is probably the most human part of us. And we've lost that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think through social media as well, where 
you know, everyone on Instagram and Facebook and, and TikTok are also, you know, beautiful and living their perfect life, but it's, it's not real life. So we are, we, we've lost our, our senses. We've lost our, you know, like you said, the deer who just pops up when he hears that little thing because we're so, I don't know, inundated and, 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 and just, just, every every minute there's something new there's a new beautiful photo of a new beautiful person and, and it's just it's not real tell me your journey and i think this is I, if you're willing to go there i think you are but your journey of your sexuality in that whole yeah, experience. yeah. there are a lot of men right now because i help i lead men's retreats and a lot of men who are sexually abused by other boys or men who are married to women and have children are still struggling with this yeah Today. Um, yeah. So share that journey, brother, if you don't mind. Okay, sure. Sure. So from eight years old through to 17, 17 is when I first had sex with a girl, mm. eight through to 17, I guess I was being raped and abused by men. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the next, you know, 10, 15 years, I was going to do what I was doing with men and, and then, you know, the violence that came with it. Mm. For me, and, you know, I've spoken a lot about this in therapy. My best friends, my family have all asked, well, are you gay? Are you bi? What are you? Mm-hmm. And, and I've always said that all the sex I've had with men and, and, and everything that's gone on with men, there was never really any intimacy. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to hold your hand. I didn't want to kiss you, touch you, caress you, feel you, any of that stuff. It was just the act. I needed to feel the act because that's all I knew. And that was drained in and drilled into me for, for, you know, the first nine years of my sexual life from eight through to 17, it was just violent, violent sex with men. Um, And that's all I knew. And that's what I was drawn to. And you know what, as much as I hated it, as much as I, it was disgusting. And as much as it, it fucking killed me, it turned me on. It got me off. I, I came, you know, all of that stuff. Let's be honest about it. Let's, let's yeah, say it how yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I enjoyed it. I hated it, but I enjoyed it. And a lot of people, you know, find that hard to, to, to breathe, to, to believe and, and, and understand. But then every time I had sex with a woman or when I was with a woman, I wanted to hold her. I wanted to feel her. I wanted to caress her. I wanted to touch her and be with her. And, and so I always knew I wanted to be with a woman. Um, I guess I'm bisexual. I don't know. I haven't had sex with a man in in a very, very long time. Um, but that was my sexual journey and it was very confusing. And, you know, for, like you said about the whole confusion thing and what the fuck is going on for a very long time, I was like, well, am I gay? Am I straight? Am I bi? What, what am I? Is this, is this what I, what I am now? Am I just going to have sex with men and it's going to be violent? It's going to be rough. Or do I just want to be with a woman? Do I love women? Do I love men? What, what, what is it? And it was an up and down, a roller coaster, and, and, you know, and it's still as healed as I am. And as much as I've done the work on myself, I still struggle. Yeah, brother. Not, not, not so much about my sexuality, but just about life and where yeah, I'm at in the world sure. and who I am and, and yeah. what's going on. And, you know, as, as you know, and my therapist, my, my therapist, sorry, my Australian publisher sent me a quote one day and, and I don't know, I think she may have made it up because I would always say, and I told her that 
hurt people hurt people. Yep. And that's how I lived my life for a very long time because I was so hurt. And all I could do is hurt the people around me and the ones who, who I loved. But then she sent me a quote saying, Nathan, healed people, heal people. That's right. That's right. And that's right. It was a massive kind of fucking light bulb moment for me where, yes, I am healed or I'm healing. And it's an everyday thing. I'm healing every day. Yes. But I'm now healing others out there to heal yeah. people and, and to make people better. But yeah, I've gone on a bit of a tangent. No, but brother, yeah, to get I'm back to the section. No, no, I'm, I'm tracking with you. Um, yeah. I say but, in my TED talk, hurt people, hurt people, but healthy people heal people because I think we're go. always in this journey of health and yeah. healed. Yes, I know what you're saying. Like on the other side, where we're not the victim of the story, but we're actually on the other side of the story that is feels a sense of, okay, I'm healed, but also it's the journey of living healthy and, and being, and then giving that permission for other people. And I think the hurt projection onto another is judging. There's just no space for truth. The like, there's no like breathing room for truth. So hurt people will just constantly either push and or push one internally or push one externally constantly versus a healthy person's like, doesn't even matter. Like just share. Yeah. Yeah. I just love you. You know, it's all good. And I think one of the things that the reason I asked about the sexual sexuality is not actually for any definition, because to me, it doesn't matter at all. What I'm what I, you, you picked up on it, you said it. And I think this is so important for people to hear. You just wanted that feeling when it was with you just wanted that. And what is that feeling? I think this is so important to talk about for people to understand, like, why do people, why, why just even pornography or any sort of abuse that is brought on by the self, it is trying to connect. And this is so important. It is the person trying to connect back to that moment of innocence in that moment of innocence, if it's almost like if we could go back into that portal and somehow break that portal, but we keep going and it stops right there of like that time, because doing the act is trying to connect back to an understanding of us prior to the act and us from that moment. It's a, these, um, these imprints of time. Yeah, exactly. Want us to try We're self, trying to connect what are we connecting to who and then the question the lie becomes well who are you it's not about who i am i'm i've always been innocent you've always been innocent you'll always be innocent your soul cannot be touched it can't be dirtied it can't be broken it has never ever 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 been touched that guy never touched it no person's ever touched it it's yeah. just us then trying to find that innocent soul exactly you know what i mean like this is why i think it's so important to it's this, my eight, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the eight year old boy in me who is just trying to come out and live yes. and, 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 yes. and be found again. Yes. Because at eight years old, that eight year old boy had to grow up into a man to fucking survive, to learn yes. how to survive and, and, yes. and get through this. And, and for me as well, I think because he would always drum into me and, and, and he would always say, if you ever tell anyone, I'm going to kill you and kill your family. So for me, it was just a matter of protecting my family, my brother. And I've got two brothers and a sister protecting them, protecting my parents, mm. 
do what the fuck you want to me. I don't care anymore. Just, you know, yeah. kill me if you want to kill me, but don't fucking, you know, just gotcha. leave my, leave my parents alone, leave my family alone. Mm. Um, so that's, that's, that was a big part of it for me. And, and mm. I think for my family and, and my parents, when it happened, they just thought I was a, a quiet little kid who just wanted to be on his own mm. and just sit in his room and play with his cars and, 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 um, watch TV on his own. And that's, that's all I did. I pushed everyone away and just sat in, I would either sit in mum and dad's room and watch TV in their bedroom, or I'd go to, you know, the spare room downstairs and just watch TV down there and just, mm. and I got lost in that. I got lost in movies and TV because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to live the lives of these characters on TV. That was my escape. That was my way of getting away from it all, from forgetting yeah. about it and just being normal. Yeah. For, you said you, you mentioned that you went to group therapy and, and individual therapy. For those that, because I say in my TED talk, I'll send it to you after, after this. I think it will bless you, but I say, you know, I used to have a stigma <laughs> of therapy. Like those people go to therapy. I, like I'm not one of those people. And I was trying to grind it out, tough it out. Like, and then, well, I couldn't run anymore. And I, you know, literally broke down and went to therapy, but from individual therapy of all the different modalities, like share why different modalities are important. And I think this is so important to, for people that are out there listening right now, they might be in therapy and, and the therapist is good but also, and that group therapy is good also. And like, what are the modalities you've gone through and how have they helped bring out another facet or another? I talk about this in my book that therapy saved my life. Mm. Group therapy saved my life. Mm. Um, and I'd recommend it to anyone. And, and when I was still living in Australia, I started therapy, but I wasn't ready. I lasted about five or six sessions and I just ran away from it because I wasn't mentally prepared to do it, to do the work and to, to come out. I still hadn't come out about my story. Mm. Um, but when I finally did here in, here in New York and I started therapy and I just surrendered myself to it, I was just completely vulnerable and just let it all out. And I remember the first few sessions, it was just, I would just sit there and cry mm. and to the point where I was so exhausted that I'd fall asleep. Um, and then my therapist said, let's try uh, group therapy. Mm. So therapy was amazing. And that was just me and one-on-one -on -one with my therapist. And she would really ask me the tough questions and we'd really go there. And, and, and um, I discovered a lot through that, but then through group, it was me with three other men and a, and a, and a lady. So there was the five of us there and it was fucking amazing because just listening to everyone else's story and I was the only one who'd been through sexual abuse. They all had their own stories and their own trauma and, and their own issues, but and it's the same as AA. You just, you sit there and you listen to them and you learn so much through, through them through them telling their stories and it's all relatable trauma is all relatable so whether it was someone who was an alcoholic or you know one of the guys there had his partner just died of 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 hiv and he had cancer and mm. um 
another one was a sex addict another one was a uh, in in my group was a guy who was overweight my hit me and this guy were the youngest ones everyone else was older than us but he had been bullied his whole life he'd never shower he'd never brushed his teeth he just was just done so we're all so different from different walk, walks of life, mm. but we all just got each other and we're all so relatable. And even though they're talking about something so different, it's like, holy fuck, yes, that's exactly what I do or I can, I feel that or that's how, you know, that's what I feel and that's what I go through and that's how I act. And that's even though it's completely different. So group was amazing because... Mm. We're all from different walks of life, different stories, but we were all the same person, yeah. all going through the same thing. Um, I also did EMDR, mm. um, which is eye movement where you hold, mm-hmm. you know, you hold these little panels and they kind of beep, 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 beep. So the eyes just go from one to the next to the next to the next. And you go into like a semi kind of trance and it, it allows you to go deeper into your therapy and into your, your trauma and your past. Yeah. Um, that was hard at first because you really had to let yourself go. You really had to surrender to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first I found it difficult, but then once I did going back to the trauma and, and, and going deeper and deeper and deeper into my psyche, into what happened to me and into my past allowed me to understand and experience different things that I totally pushed so far deep inside of me. Um, so EMDR was brilliant. And then just one of my other therapists, he was a sex therapist who I, who I absolutely adored. He was great. And he and I really got into the sex side of my, my, my life and where I was and who I was and, and it allowed me to really just be free with my sexuality and just be who I wanted to be and, and no labels. And you know what? I am what I am. I did what I did. And, and that's, that's it. But for a long time with him, he would ask me these questions that I couldn't answer. So he would send me away for the week and I would just write and write and write and write and then bring that in the next week. And we talk about it. Mm. So, um, I, I recommend any kind of form of therapy, whatever that is, whether it's AA or group or, or, or one-on-one or EMDR or, or whatever it is, because they're all different, but again, they're all the same. And they're, you know, they're all just trying to get the same thing, work out the same thing and trying to help you discover who you are, what you went through, help you find some answers mm-hmm. and help you. It's not about, it's not about, forgetting about it because you're never going to forget about it because what happened to me is now a part of my DNA. It's, it's, it's who I am. It's, it's never going away. It's what I am. And it's, 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 it's my life. So for me now it's about moving forward with it, understanding it, learning how to live with it because it's always going to be there. It's always going to be in my head. So it's just about now. Yeah. Just, just, learning how to move forward with it, learning how to understand it, learning how to educate myself and others around me and, and, and moving forward with it. And I think one of the most important things I can tell anyone who's going through therapy or, or wanting to come out about this is just surrounding yourself with the right people. 
surrounding yourself with the people who are going to trust you, who are going to believe you, who are going to be there for you, who are going to listen. Because really all we want is for someone just to listen to us. And that's part of the fucking problem with society is that no one wants to listen. No one wants to believe, oh, that's too heavy and that's too much and I can't deal with that or, or whatever the situation is. So we just need people to sit and listen. And one of the biggest things I've learned for myself is when, when, when I'm depressed or when I'm going through things is just to breathe. Mm. just take those deep breaths and ground yourself mm. and, and sit with it and be in it. Don't run away from it because the more you run away from it, the more it's just going to come and fucking hit you. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was just a matter of taking those deep breaths, sitting in it, discovering what comes up, where it hits me on my body, what it does to me, and then working through it. Mm. Um, that's, that's been one of the big things with me. And, you know, I'm, you know, I, I started therapy. I think I came out, fuck, I think I was 32 when I first came out about it. So, you know, I'm, I've been in it for, for, for 12 years and I'll, I'll be in it for the rest of my life because every day I'm learning something new and it's not a matter of, all right, I've got the answers now. It's time to fucking move on and just yeah. live my life because right. new things, new triggers, new, new shame and, 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 confusion is going to, it's going to pop up and come up and it's got like, well, well, what the fuck is that? And what do I do? And how do I do this? And what's going on? So it's just a matter of, I'm just learning to understand it. Hmm. And, and you're going to want to, you need to want to do the work. You want to do the work. You have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's tough. It is fucking tough. It's not easy yeah. because you know, it's going to bring up traumas. It's going to bring up shit that you don't want to fucking talk about. You don't want to remember and you don't want to think about, but in order to move forward, in order to survive, in order to, to become the best version of yourself, you need to fucking do the work and struggle and cry and hurt and, and hate and be angry. And, and that was one thing that my therapist said to me, he said, Nathan, it's okay to be angry. Mm -hmm. It's okay to fucking hate because I was never angry or I was angry, but it was always with myself. Yeah. I, I never showed, you know, with my, and, they, and, and my therapist said, Nathan, it's okay to be angry with your family. It's okay to be angry with your parents. Mm. And I've got the most amazing parents in the world. My parents are the most loving people in the world, mm. but it's okay to be angry. Mm-hmm. And once I learned that, discovered that, then it, it, it allowed me the freedoms to, to really express myself um how did boundaries how is your journey of boundaries and and learning boundaries and and speaking up for yourself how has that developed mm. through therapy for a long time i was a people pleaser mm. i just yep whatever you want i'll do it i'll follow you let's do this let's do that okay if it's going to make you happy don't worry about me mm. um so a lot of boundaries were crossed and a lot of boundaries were, were yeah. taken advantage of, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but then through therapy and through understanding who I was and who I am today, I was able to set boundaries and, and, and kind of express how I feel. And it's only really been in the last two, three years. Like even through all the therapy, it was still hard for me to set those boundaries and 
I let people take advantage of me and I took advantage of people as well. You know, I, I wasn't always the innocent one. I was an asshole and I own my shit. I own the shit I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a very nice person and, and, and it's, it's, it, it, it hurts and it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, once I, I started to understand who I was and what I was, then, then I was able to kind of express what was going on with me, how I felt. And it's, I'll tell you a story last Sunday, actually, for the first time ever, 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 my parents rang me up and I've been going through some shit lately. And, and they said, how are you? And I just burst out crying with him and I, I never cry with my parents, but it was just a buildup of things that really fucking got me. Mm. And I said to them, and I've never done this. I've never expressed this to my parents. I said, what happened to me as a kid really fucked me up, has really fucked me up. And it, it, it has, and it did. And for me to be able to express that, it gave me, it gave me power and it gave me freedom because I've never been able to say to my parents, what happened to me as a kid really fucked me up. Mm. And I've never really said that to anyone before. Um, Cause you know, like I said, it's an everyday thing. So as, as, as healed and as healthy as I am, mm. I still feel so fucking lost and so empty and so confused and yeah. so Fuck, you know, so it's, it's just like I said, it's, it's a matter of just understanding it and managing it and moving forward with it. Um, and I'm in a great place now and I, 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 I'm doing the work, but, mm. you know, as healed and as healthy as we are, we, we still need to do the work ourselves. Yeah. Brother, I've never done this or said this to anyone on a podcast but as I'm looking at you, I'm getting downloads for you. And I want to say this and I want you to hear it and receive it and just be with it. Okay. Is that God really, really, really loves you, brother. Like really, really loves you. I'm looking at you as a beautiful man that has hated God. And I'm telling you, bro, like God really loves you and you're just getting started. And that divine infinite love that this searching for what is love and, and all of it. I'm just telling you, brother, I have chills all over my body for you. I just want you to know that God really, really, really loves you really loves you (laughs) and he's proud of you and keep going because what you're on, what you're stepping into. And I think the next phase for you is to open up to God fully in a non screw religion, screw your even concept of God, screw the, the words and the labels and all this stuff. But there is this immense washing that is coming through for you, brother. And it's coming, it's coming. And you're a beautiful soul, brother. A really, I'm just looking at you like, this is a brother. This is a, 
this is a, a warrior king that has gone through the journey and said, bring it on, bring it on. Fuck it all. Fuck you. You cannot touch me. And yet you played with it all. You played and you danced with it all. And to come out on the other side to say, what's the message? What's the message that we're saying? The message is there is freedom in truth. There is freedom in love. There's freedom and no more judging and shaming. And there's freedom and there's love, brother. And you are such a beautiful soul, man. I've never gone and said to someone on a podcast like that, but I just looking at you like God really loves you, brother. Really thank loves you. you. Really loves you. Thank you. Like from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I, I and I truly, truly mean that. I I and I'm obviously I'm emotional. Mm -hmm. I You know, I get told, I think through my book and through this article that's come out about me, I've had hundreds, I don't know, thousands, hundreds and hundreds of people reach out to me and say, Nathan, you've just saved my life. You've given me the power to tell my story. You've, you've helped me understand and move forward and all that stuff. And, you know, people always tell me how brave I am and how much of an inspiration I am and all. And I fucking, I don't want to say I hate it, but I, you get it when people are just, yeah. Yeah. on you and, and you're amazing you're amazing and i just i fucking hate it yeah. um so even that it's it's difficult to receive it's it's mm -hmm. it's it's not difficult to receive but it's mm -hmm. you understand what i'm trying I know to say, what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying yeah it's it's hard to i don't Here's like the praise i don't need the praise i i that's not what it is it is it's not even no it's, it's not, not it's, it's yeah it is i had this i had this vision uh psychedelics has been a huge part of my healing journey for me kind of similar to your emdp where yeah go drops and i can just be in it i can yeah. just be and i feel safe and i can go first person back into those memories and those moments but i saw in this this journey and i, I think this is going to be a blessing to you okay brother i saw on this journey i was with god and and and, and i'm looking like i don't even know how many but thousands as far as my eye could see conveyor belts and each conveyor belt had a body in it and i was in my soul state before i entered my body and i was with god and god said you can jump into any one of these bodies anyone and i could see if i jumped into this body who would be my parents i could see who would be the generational line i could jump into any over there over there i could jump in there was no judgment of where my soul was going to jump in but the conveyor belts kept moving and he showed me that when I jumped into a body, the ripple effect that would have knowing not never even knowing that a thousand conveyor belts down, the ripple would touch another body of just me in my story. And so God said, you can choose whatever you want to choose. But you also get to see when you choose what's going to happen. And I looked. And I believe, brother, you looked. And you said, okay. Okay. If I could be the, the leading male voice to talk about sexual abuse in the world, not from a place of I'm a savior, but a place of compassion and openness and vulnerability and not having to be a strong man, but to be an open, vulnerable, loving man where people feel safe to come to. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I... Yeah, absolutely.
I, I 100%, I get it. I, and I'm, I'm there with you. And I've had a lot of people ask me, do you regret shit? Do you regret things you've done? And I'm like, no, yeah, I, I regret things I've done. I've, I've hurt people. I've done bad things. But just on what you were saying, you know, as much as I didn't choose this life, it chose me. I've also chosen this life because I wouldn't fucking change a thing. That's right. Because everything I've been through, the drugs, the violence, the sex, the, the confusion. The shit, it's brought yeah, me to where, it's, it, it's, it's, it. it's, yeah. it's brought me to where I am today. And I wouldn't fucking change a thing because who I am today is, is this. Yeah. It's and beautiful. it's beautiful. And I guess my kind of, my mission in life is to, is to change the world, mm. is to raise awareness, yeah. is to be that first male to really fucking get out there and say, listen, this is real fucking life. And this shit happens every single day. Get off your ass and, and, and unblock your ears and fucking listen and educate yourselves because this could happen to your kids. It could happen to your neighbor's kids. It could happen to your niece, your nephew, whoever the fuck it is. So it's time we stand up. It's time we educate ourselves. It's time we fucking, you know, and I know that I'll be, you know, subject to ridicule and haters online and this and that, but I don't, I don't give two fucks because, whoops, what I've been through in my life, so sorry, what I've been through in my life is, is you want to call me an asshole, you want to say I deserve to be raped, you want to say I'm a homophobe, you want to say whatever the fuck you want to say, go fuck yourself because what I've been through in my life is 10 times more than, 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 than your words. Um, so it's, you know, I, I just turning this off there. So I, I, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the challenge. And it's, but it's hard though, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. And I don't know if you have experienced this, but people have read my book and people are like, wow, that book is fucking amazing. And it's so raw and it's so real and it's so this and so that, but can you go and make it with someone else first? And then we'll jump on board. People are scared to be that first one to kick it off with me. People are scared to, to, yeah get the ball rolling because of what it's about. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a struggle sometimes, but I'm yeah. getting some traction now and things are starting to work for me now and move forward. Now I'm also preparing for a Ted talk. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's Good. not easy. Also to, to bless you. It's not actually for this time. There's a, t there's coming and I've, I've had this, there's a time coming where I've always seen this, where everyone has their own wave and people ride waves. There's generational waves of like influence and influencers and people of prestige and people of the, the spotlight. But your brother wave and my wave is for a time to be, a time yeah. coming very soon where when the rug gets pulled out and we are left with looking around at the amount I, I believe the majority of humans on this planet have been sexually abused, not Absolutely. to the degree, not to the degree, but when I heard your, the guys in the group, oh, he, he those guys have all been sexually abused. I really believe that majority of people have been sexually abused and it. And then we remember the beatings because the beatings are easier to remember because yeah. there was a physical strike or something, but the, the confusion. So your time is coming brother and
I now understand when Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I never understood that. Like, what does that mean? But those who have ears to hear your story now are going to hear it. And there is coming a time where like all the cotton balls are going to be pulled out of everyone's ears and all the blinders are going to be pulled off everyone's eyes. And I don't mean in a heavenly state. I just literally mean the truth is coming out. The amount of abuse, the people are starting to talk. There is this groundswell. We have to heal as humanity. We have to heal. We have to stop listening to the media and stop listening to governments and, and institutions. And this is all bullshit. It's led us to this traumatized state of humans dividing and scared. And you're saying, come, yeah, come, come as you are, come and let us heal together. And brother, I cannot wait for what the wave, the impact of the wave that you're on. It's going to be so. I hope so. And it's, it's true what you said about the guys in therapy and, and they, when I first came out about my story, they challenged me or one of the one, one guy in particular really fucking challenged me and would call me a homophobe and, and he was gay himself and would call me a homophobe and I hate gays and I just want to beat up gay guys and, you know, would really fucking give it to me. But then once we really got into in the group and we just sit there and talk about it and i would tell them my story and where my head was and how i was feeling they just got it they fucking understood and then one other person in group ended up opening up about his yep. past and, and sexual trauma but he wasn't ready to do it until he yes. understood yes. and he, he he heard me yes. so you know like you said when you know you you gave me that really touching I guess praise earlier. Blessing. blessing, blessing, blessing. I should say, yeah. I've you know I've danced with the devil. I've 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 lived ten lives. I I should be dead. I should be in jail. I should be in a gutter somewhere. I should have AIDS. I don't know, but someone's looking out for me. Someone's watching over me, and and this is a journey that I'm supposed to be on, and 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 the message I'm supposed to be fucking telling. Yeah. And you know, there hopefully there are a lot of good opportunities. I've already had a a movie script written about my life, mm. which now possibly we want to turn into like a six to eight part limited series. Mm. I've been asked to host a, a documentary type style of, of men talking to men about men's issues. Beautiful. Just like you and me, but on a panel of about 10 guys or however many guys mm. all sitting there discussing this shit because toxic masculinity, shame. It's such a big thing in the, in the, in the, in the male world. And, and what I really discovered is that, through you know with toxic masculinity is that the fact that i've become so vulnerable i'm able to share my story i'm able to fucking cry with you and just yeah, yeah. be communicate and be yeah. real and 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 i've learned that in relationships as well you know in my past relationships with women i could just i would never communicate and i would never express anything and uh, my relationships always broke down but now I'm able to communicate. Now I'm able to just kind of say what I want, who I am, how I feel. Mm. And what I've learned through through that and through these people and working with my therapist and, and people like yourself and, and is that I'm more of a man mm -hmm. than 99% right. of the men in the world because I can do this and I can fucking share this and there's no fucking shame. Right. There is no shame in this. There is power. It's only fucking power in this. Right. Speaking and being my truth is is the most powerful thing in the world, mm. and it makes you such a 
I don't know, such a, I don't want to say leader, but such a catalyst for others. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's fucking simple, but it's so hard because we are so deluded by, by all the noises and and the stuff in our head and the background noise and, and, and how we should be living our lives, you know, but, but Hmm. for me now, my life, everything I've been through, whether I make $20,000 a year, whether I make $20 million a year, all I want in my life is peace, joy, and love. Yeah. It's so fucking simple because I've never had peace. Yeah. I've never felt joy, real fucking joy. Yes, I've been happy and you know, I buy a new car and I'm happy or I go on a holiday, I'm happy. But joy is within, from, from deep within. And, and love. I just want to feel real fucking pure love. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's what it's about. That's what life is about. Brother, what is, uh, what's the name of your book? Toy Cars. Let me, I'm going to, I'll go grab it for you really quickly. Yeah, yeah, please, please. Give me one sec. Please. Such a beautiful, um, such a beautiful story, brother. All right, you there? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, great, great, great. All right. Um, that's my book. Hmm. So it's called Toy Cars. I don't want to tell you why it's called Toy Cars. You all have to read it and buy it and get it. And love it. Um, so it's it's doing well. And and like I said, and I've had people tell me it is very it, it is very raw and real. It's very triggering. But I think in order to tell a story like this, in order to educate people yeah. and let them know the consequences of child sexual abuse and what people go through as a result you need to put the details in there. You need to express and, and, and say, this is what I went through. This is my relationship with the man. This is what we did. This is my relationship with my parents, with these men and the violence and the drugs and the shooting up and the Mm. finally feeling love for a girl. And, and, you know, I put the good, the bad and the ugly in this book. Mm. Like I said to you earlier, I own my shit. And in this book, I really own it. You know, the, the, I, there was gaslighting. There was a lot of stuff that I, I had to do to survive and, and yeah. to, to move forward because I didn't understand. So, you know, I, I've put it all in here and, and, and very raw, very vulnerable, very real. But I think, like I said, in order to tell a story like this, in order to educate the world, we, 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 we need to put the details in there as ugly as they are. And the good thing about this, I've had, so many mothers reach out to me who have who have not experienced sexual abuse, but say the way I look at my relationship with my husband, the way I look at my relationship with my children, the way I speak to my children is different now because of your book. And I think that's one of the most important things. I learned that I was a keynote at a seminar just before COVID and a counselor got up and, and, and was talking about, you know, our relationship with kids. And one of the most important things I've learned, which I, I talk about all the time, is when we speak to our kids, even from a young age at two, three, four, whatever age, is to let them know that their penis is called a penis, their vagina is called a vagina. It shouldn't have a nickname because when we give it a nickname mm-hmm. and when we, you know, it, it takes the power away from, from these kids because yes. yes. then, oh, that's my pee or that's whatever you want to call it. And they play with it and you joke about it. So then if someone comes over to, over to these young kids and makes a joke about it and plays with it, they think it's, it's, it's the norm. Yeah. 
these kids need to know that their penis is their penis, their vagina is their vagina. It belongs to them. No one's allowed to touch it. That's right. Um, it's not a joke. And if someone does, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to tell. We are going to believe you. You are not going to get into trouble. That's right. And I've spoken to so many parents about this and, and people in general. And the sad thing is in all of that is so many people say, I can't have that conversation with my kids. I can't do that. But I'm like, these are your fucking kids. These are your life. How could you not, not educate them on that or, or because they feel uncomfortable. The parents feel yeah, uncomfortable. Of, because of the trauma that happened to them. Yeah. And they and don't I'm even like, know it. They don't, they don't. So it's, you know, it's, it's, we still need to do a lot of work on ourselves yeah. as adults, as much as we need to educate our kids yeah. because they're the, they're the future. Yeah. We need to educate ourselves. Brother, I'm so thankful you came on. Um, I'll put the link to your book, everything, your bio. And great, I just, great, great. I'd give you a hug if we were in person. Brother. <laughs> it's really what I'd give you a hug. And, and I, yeah. Yeah. Good job. Good job no. Keep going and just keep, keep receiving love. The greatest act of love we can give another is to receive their love. And what happens when we're traumatized and, and raped and abused as kids is that receiving got taken from us and it got forced upon us. And God is saying, we get to open back up that vulnerable side to receive his love it's yeah. love, love itself again. And from that receiving, we can outpour. And I think that's your journey, brother. The next step is just opening back up to this concept of call whatever you want, but there is this infinite, unconditional, ever present love that is just saying. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. God bless you, brother. Thank you for, I'm not, this, I'm not even a religious person. I just was talking about this. I no. just feel like that's the message for you, brother. And I just, I'm Catholic. I just, and I went to, I went to church all the time as a kid and, and all that stuff. I haven't really been to church. The only time I go to church now is with my parents at Christmas. Oh, when yeah, I go yeah. back home to Australia, we, we, we go to Christmas mass. Yeah. Um, Man. You know, it's, oh, I don't know. Can I say this? I don't know if I should say this. You know what's fucked up Yeah. is <laughs> I would go to, to church and there was a guy in my town who was convicted of, of being a pedophile. Yeah. Went to jail. And now he's, he's out. But he's always at, at, at church at Christmas, giving the offertory and, and talking to kids. And, and it's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fucked up. But yeah, yeah. it's, 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 and I'm Catholic and I know some amazing priests and, and, and I'm, it's not the whole Catholic church. It's not, but, but yeah. you know, what do you do? Uh, it's, it's a tough one. Like this guy's convicted pedophile, but the church lets him back in and lets him hang out with kids again and, and do all the same fucking shit he does. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But enough about that. Well, I'm excited for you, brother. And, and I'm excited to read your book and yeah please please do and i'd love to love to hear your feedback and everyone who reads it please leave me a leave me a a, um, a review online on on amazon or on on whatever um i need to build it up and, and and we're getting there but i just yeah the more the more the more the better um i want to make this a bestseller and and really get it out there and, and change the world and and all that fun stuff so yeah i i really appreciate you and thank you so much for having me on and and for this conversation it's been great it's it, it really has been 
Awesome, brother. Thank you. Well, like I said in the opening, everyone, this is this was a very serious and very powerful episode. I hope it blesses you. And if you have struggled with any form of abuse in any way, shape, or form, I don't care what category it is, even if it's verbal, emotional, reach out to me, reach out to Nathan. You're not alone. I help, I help people every single day who have gone through abuse heal and not only heal, but find the liberation, the freedom and their soul's purpose and mission on the other side. So you're not alone. And brother Nathan, you, my brother are a beautiful example of being vulnerable and making others feel that they're not alone in their journey. So thank you so much, everyone. If you like this episode, if you found it inspiring, please like subscribe, rate, send us a rating on any podcast platform or subscribe on YouTube. And thank you for joining. Once again, I am Lucas Mack. This is the Golden Rule Revolution, and I'll talk to you all on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com.